Good morning. It is good to have this number out with us for our morning half of our worship service. And this morning I want us to focus on time. Time is fleeting. I know there's some young folks out there who say, I got all the time in the world. I know I used to think that way, and back when I was, of course, in my teens, I know I had all the time in the world to do all kind of stuff. And as I get a little more seasoned, I realize, hey, time ain't, ain't that much. It ain't, it ain't, it's just a blink. When we look at the, uh, compared to our lives, to eternity, it's just a drop in the well. So we think about how we spend our time here upon this earth. Our time, the things that we do, the things that we say, whether good or bad, we'll have to give an account of those things to God as we stand before Him in judgment. And as children of God, we have a, a leg up, if you will, those who are lost, those who do not have Christ. We have that little bit of a leg up. Now, one of the reasons why I say a little bit of a leg up, our sins and our iniquities as we abide in them in our everyday walk of life, they will condemn us. So let's look at time. Today we have time on our side, if you will. Now, so when we think about time and the, the, the things that we do in our everyday walk of life, how many of us have goals that we have set before us? How many of us have plans to go on a trip or, or go somewhere or see somebody? Time and time again, we make plans, and those plans get disrupted by the things that happen in our lives. Life is nothing but time spent here upon this earth. But Christ promises something way better. He promises a, a life that's everlasting, where time doesn't exist. I know it's hard for us to, to wrap our minds around that because everything that we do is based on time. We came to worship service this morning according to time. We come to Bible class this morning based on time. We go to the grocery store based on time. I didn't use work because most of those I'm looking at don't even go to work anymore. It's still based on time, right? I still go to work every day. And Melissa goes to work every day. And there's a few still in here that, that go to work every day. We punch in. We work eight hours, sometimes 10, 12, and based on time. The everlasting, it don't exist. Does not exist. So as we think about time this morning, 2,000 years ago, that seems like a lot. It seems like a lot. Ten years seems like a lot. It's not. It's not somebody was asking, asking myself about how many years I've been in service at, at where I'm working. I said... I've been here for 17 years. And as that came out of my mouth, I went, wow, where did those years go? I'm looking back and says, man, that was, that was fast. And as we look in the mirror, we can see the years clicking by as well. We think about time. The reason why I say young folks say, well, i got all the time in the world. Sometimes they don't. I know, I know some teenagers who have left this earth and not got any older because an accident or health or something like that has happened and ended their life here upon this earth. We're going to read a passage of Scripture this morning from Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. 
a term is used, and it's focused on time. And this term that, that's, that's relating to in this verse isn't automatic. Requires work on our part. As we've turned, I hear the pages stop turning. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now... Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The term near. Referring to time. We can't get we can't roll the clock back. It's impossible. Can't go back in time. We're only going to move forward. And as the seconds count, as the minutes add, and as the hours multiply. Your time here upon this earth is near, closer, and closer. Looking back at those 17 years, it's like, wow, that's, that seemed like it was just a few weeks ago. And it does. It, it's, I guess when you enjoy what you're doing, time flies, right? That's, that's, that's one of those things. Well, if you love what you're doing, time flies. Time is flying. And I was... A younger man in the in, back in the day, and and someone told me, you know, the older that you get, I had to use the term because he used it. The older that you get, the time seems like it goes faster. I said, you're crazy. It, it's still just time. It seems like it's moving faster the, the the closer we get to the end of our lives here upon this earth, and the opportunity to do things seem to slip away. There's certain things that, as I'm more seasoned, I'm not going to do because I don't heal just as well as I used to anymore. Time. How about our spirituality? It's nearer than when we first believed. The term hold fast comes to mind. Y'all remember my example on Wednesday night of holding fast and Danny had a hold to that, that guardrail and he was not letting go. He was white knuckling. He said, This is too high. I'm not letting go. Hold fast to your spirituality. Hold fast to your relationship with God. Because time is ticking by. The opportunity of repentance is passing away. The reason why I say that. Notice what the verse is saying in verse 11. And do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. To awake out of your slumber. To stop being stagnant. Stop being that plateau. Awake out of your slumber. Stop sleeping at the wheel, spiritually speaking. To a high time to wake out of sleep. So when do I need to do it? And at the high time, it's, it's now. Do it now. Become faithful now. Open your mind to the instructions from God now. Don't wait. Don't hesitate because tomorrow is not promised. Salvation may be tomorrow. Are you ready? Well, not really. There are some folks who are going to say that. It's high time to wake out of sleep. Stop slumbering. And be faithful. 
because time is ticking away. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. How many of us have been on a, a, a long trip and you've been driving for eight hours, right? And you can see your destination on your little GPS getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. And you just get a little more antsy. You know, you're just like, I'm ready to get there. I'm, I'm ready to get out of this car. Listen, I went on a motorcycle ride yesterday and her, she was tired. She, she's not used to it. She was tired. She says, we need to stop. She says, we're going to stop. And that little bit of rest was needed, right? Our destination's come. Judgment day is come. That's like that little uh, checker flag on your GPS or your phone, whatever that, the red dot. I mean, your destination is coming. We need to think about our destination because there are two. For when time ceases to exist, there's going to be a judgment scene. And there are going to be those parted on the right and parted on the left of Christ. Those who have done what they're supposed to do, adhered to Christ's instructions, and lived out a light in the light, a life in the light. Christ will tell you, enter into the joys of your Lord. Right the opposite of parting to the left. Those who have yet to come to the knowledge of the truth. Or if have done so, walked away from it. The term lost comes to mind. They're asleep. They're sleeping at the wheel. For it's high time to wake out of their slumber. Because judgment scene is coming. I want to read a uh, song from our song book. You know, we don't sing it much. I don't, I don't think we have sung this song. It's, uh, it's in our hymn books 551. And the term, the, the, the title of this is Walk in the Light. And of course, the verse, supporting verse of this is 1 John 1 and verse 7. 551 in your songbooks. Now, I hear the songbooks coming out and turning there with me, so I'll, I'll wait a few minutes, let everybody get there. But to walk in the light means to awake out of your sleep, what, what Paul is encouraging in Romans 13, verse 11, that the, it's, it's high time, it's, it's to wake out of your sleep. This song that we're going to read that is to, to remind us of walking in the light is to resemble God, to reflect Him. For His Son came to this earth and was the reflection of God, and we have that example in the way that He lived. Walk in the light, and you shall know that fellowship of love. His Spirit only can bestow, who reigns in light above. Walk in the light, and you shall find your heart made truly His, who dwells in cloudless light enshrined, in whom no darkness is. Walk in the light and you shall see your darkness pass away because the light has come to be in which is perfect death. Walk in the light and you shall share your path through thorny bright. For God in grace walks with you there 
And God himself is light. When we consider ourselves children of God, God looks at us as children of light. You know the purpose or the duty of a child of light? To walk in the midst of a perverse and a wicked generation. We have to be out there with sinful folks. It is our duty to encourage them to turn away from their iniquities, shine, their, uh, shine our light upon them, and to make known their wicked paths. And our Bible turns to Matthew chapter 28, verses, uh, the end of verse 18 all the way through 20, the Great Commission. And this is said in verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That was Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. You notice what Christ said. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. When you walk in the light, as God himself is in the light, and you have that fellowship with God, guess what? Well, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from those sins, is what Matthew, uh, 1 John 1, 7 teaches. So as salvation is near five minutes ago than it is right now, are you ready? Are you going to be ready in 15 minutes? Many of us have those goals or those destinations, whether it be something in your life or a vacation or, or something of that nature. You make plans. You make steps toward those plans. And at the time of the vacation or event, you execute those plans or you instill those, those instructions that you have set before yourself. We're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. We forget something in, in the midst of our planning. We forget someone, if the Lord wills. Folks, time is a precious thing. There's a, uh, there's a song on the radio. It's talking about uh, uh, a seasoned man. He's over 100 years old, and he's interviewing him. He's like, how quickly does a hundred years go by? And then he says, in a matter of speaking, in the blink of an instant. All these things have happened in the blink of an eye. And we think about our time here upon this earth. That's all it is. It's a blink of an eye. But everlasting life? Everlasting life? Well, time doesn't exist. We have special instructions how to get there. And we have to follow those instructions. If we do not follow those instructions, where everlasting life will not be there. Right the opposite of it, actually. Everlasting punishment. Everlasting death. And I have to say that because the masses are going to go that way. Because few find that gate that leads to everlasting life. But many, many go in that gate that leads to destruction. 
we have some encouraging words from Christ in Revelation chapter 2. Verse 10 and 11. You say verse 10 all the time, but I'm, I want to add 11. This is, of course, wrote to a church that's fixing to endure serious persecution. He tells them that. But he tells them if they do something, and as you read this, you're going to know what that something is, it's going to be better for you. Today, the church is being persecuted. Not to the degree that Christ is talking about here, but the church is being persecuted. We think about the things that are frowned upon in public in society. Praying. Praying to God is frowned on in society. It used to be a common thing. Oh, how the times are changing. And how sin and the powers of Satan is overtaken. For Satan is supposed to be our adversary, not our ally. And we said a few minutes ago that there are many who found that wide and broad gate that leads to destruction. So here's Christ's instructions from Revelation chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. <clears throat> Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. The time that we spend here upon this earth, our goals that we set before us, are they pleasing to God? If they are not pleasing to God, you will endure. Not to be saved from the term salvation, you will endure pain and suffering. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That lake of fire, as we continue in uh, Revelation, when you find about that warning of that lake of fire in chapter 21. I believe it's 21. I see the 20 and 21. Let me turn there real quick. All those chapters tend to bleed together. Uh, yeah, it's 20. I'm sorry. 21 is the new heaven, new earth. Revelation chapter 20. We're warned. We are warned about that lake of fire and making sure your name is in the book of life. So when we think about the book of life, how do I get my name in the book of life? Spending your time here upon this earth, being pleasing to God, doing His will, being obedient to His commands, and being that child of light that you should be. We just sang, we just read, we just read the song, did we not? Walk in the light. Which light? God's light. We find that warning in verse 15 of Revelation chapter 20. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This sounds horrible. This sounds horrible to spend your eternity where time doesn't exist. But I'm going to relate to this something as is the dentist. How many of us like going to the dentist? I can see the first hand or front of them. Yeah, I like going to the dentist. Nobody likes going to the dentist. Why not? A tooth hurt, uh, tooth pain, it hurts. That's one of those hurts that you just can't do nothing about. 
Yeah, they can give you something temporal. But something always crawled my skin sitting in that lobby is hearing that drill in the back. Folks, that make your skin crawl. Now, I just don't want to go back there. I know I got to. I just do not want to go. Because this is going to hurt. And as you're sitting in that chair with that drill going, or tooth clean, or teeth cleaning, or whatever, are you waiting for that time where it's to stop and you get out? Right? Man, I can't wait for this to be over. And then it's over, and you walk out of the dentist office, right? Now imagine sitting in that chair forever. It doesn't even compare to the pain and suffering that's going to be there. Imagine sitting there with that drill in your tooth with no painkillers in your tooth for an eternity. I, I, that's the only thing I can relate to here upon this earth. There's some other stuff that there's painful, but that's something I have endured myself. I know some of y'all have as well. I wouldn't want that to last forever. I'd be ready for that to be over. Back up in verse 11 of Revelations, I can't speak. Revelation chapter 20. Then I saw a great white throne of him who sat on it, from whose the face and the earth had fled away, and there was no, found no place for them. To go back and do it again, it's not available. The things we do here upon this earth determine whether our name is found in the book of life or not. Now if your name is found in the book of life, well, we're not going to end on a bad note. We're going to end on a positive note. We're going to get some encouragement from John in Revelation. How about chapter 21? In verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he, dwell, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall, not be no, shall, shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Let's stop there verse 4. How much encouragement is that? To be faithful for something that's temporal. To receive a reward that's eternal. Have you considered that? Have you considered the love of a father bestowed unto his children to offer them everlasting life? All we have to do is spend our time here upon this earth being faithful to a heavenly father I want, to, I want us to let that sink in do we need to find out what's pleasing to God most assuredly do we need to put those things into action into our lives even more so to hear those words well done good and faithful servant it's warm and inviting is it not but unfortunately the ladder is going to be heard more so. And that ladder is this. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. It's up to us to make that number go down. 
to hear those words, well done. It's up to you and I to take the word out there into the world. Well, first off, before we do that, we got to get right in God's eyes. With a repentant heart, turning back to Him, say, I want to spend my time here upon this earth working towards salvation. As Paul encouraged the church in Philippi to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Please do so. Because we need to be afraid of Him who can destroy the body and so Not to those who can destroy just the body. Be fearful of God. To have that reverence. To be able to put respect behind His name and in your service. To say, I'm doing this for His glory, not mine. So as we take the Word to the lost by our, exa- by our examples and by, the, by our voice and our communications to those showing folks who Christ looks like, in our everyday walk of life. Reaching the lost. Creating disciples. Because it's high time to wake out of our sleep. Salvation is near 15 minutes ago. We need to wake up and be faithful. To put God first in our life. With a repentant heart, which is an encouragement for the congregation and for those who are around us to know that someone is turning away from their sins and getting right in the eyes of God. We're about to sing the song of invitation and encourage you to do so. But if you have yet to give in your heart to God through baptism, that, that is your first step. That is your access to God. But without it, you are alone. Do you need to get that access? Please don't wait. Please don't hesitate. Please be immersed for the remission of sins starting your spiritual walk. Look at the life of Saul converted to Paul. Look at his life previous to immersion and after immersion. Just, just look, at, look in Acts and see what he did. He was proud of what he had done. And he was sorrowful for the things that he put behind him. Not wanting to go back. Do you need to get right in the eyes of God? Why don't we do so as we stand as we sing the song of invitation?